Hi, and welcome to my podcast, The Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm glad you found me. I'm Renee Beery, and I love empowering women to take on home projects, both large and small. I have been the only girl on the job site for the past 27 years, and I have seen it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. With my help, I hope you will be able to avoid the mistakes I've seen in the past and go into your project confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your project is as smooth and successful as possible. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. I just wanted to start the podcast by sharing a really exciting moment that I had on Friday. So I received a text from my husband while I was in a meeting. And admittedly, it had been a long week. It is becoming more common to have lots of issues on all projects because of the supply chain issues and the chaos of the labor shortages we're all experiencing. So it had been a long week. And after this meeting, I checked the text and he says, hey, here's the link to that article you've been waiting for. Looks amazing. Congratulations. And I look at it And lo and behold, it is an article that I was interviewed for way back in July in the Washington Post. And if you haven't seen it, if you don't read the Washington Post, it's a really great article, obviously on a topic that I'm very passionate about. And it's an article called, When Do You Need a General Contractor and What to Consider Before Hiring One? So this came to fruition because Elizabeth Mayhew, who some of you may know actually as the lifestyle expert on the NBC Today show, she also has an ongoing column in the Washington Post. Now, the backstory is she and I met briefly in New York City about six or seven years ago at the Fall New York Now design event hosted in the two design centers, the D&D and the 200 Lex building. And she and I met through a mutual friend briefly. And then fast forward, we started following each other on Instagram. And if you aren't following her, Elizabeth is an amazing, multi-talented woman. So not only is she the lifestyle expert, she has an ongoing column on the post. She also is an interior designer and she has just started a bespoke dessert company in Dutchess County called the Duchy of Millbrook. It is unbelievable what she is creating out of icing, quite frankly. So if you are on Instagram, I highly recommend you following the Duchy of Millbrook. And if I lived closer, I would absolutely be commissioning cakes from her. So I just love the eye candy that I get in my scroll from all of her images. So I really do recommend checking it out. So she and I have kept up over the months and years with comments on each post and things like that, and nothing more in-depth than that, quite frankly. But in July, she sent me a message saying that she was writing this article about construction management and really liked the content that I was putting out and wanted to interview me and get my thoughts on the entire process. So, of course, the immediate answer was, yeah, and how soon can we talk? And we did. We had about an hour-long conversation about the process. She was telling me about some construction nightmares that she had gone through. She really liked the fact that 
I like to empower people to manage their own, not saying that an interior designer can't be hired to do it as well, because obviously that is what I do, but that the reality is not everyone is going to go that route. And so how do they do it on their own? And so she said, this is great. I don't know when the article will come out. The editor said that they're creating a new series for this topic and that she would be in touch. And to be truthful, I sort of forgot about it, right? And life is busy and weeks go by. And then about two weeks ago, she sent me a message to clarify some details on my name and spellings and things of that nature and said, it's coming soon, but didn't know when. And it was, again, really exciting that it was actually happening because, as we all know, some things just go away. They get shelved, you know, they change directions, and you never get excited or what's the saying, you don't count your chickens until they're hatched. And I was trying to tamp my expectations by thinking in those terms. And so, again, I sort of forgot about it. Um, She did say she didn't know when, but that it would come online before it would hit print. And so I don't get Washington Post online, but my husband's colleague apparently reads it every day. And thank goodness for her, because she forwarded it to my husband and said, I think this is your wife. And so the story goes. And so that's how we found out about it. So I really do encourage you to go online and look up this article, because she also interviews a contractor in her area. And it really does explore the best ways to actually set up a smooth and successful project and not just, hey, I want to do a project. Oh, this contractor is available. And I know any of you listening to me for any length of time know that to me, that's not setting up a project. It's a much deeper topic with so many different nuances and variables attached to it. So again, the article is called, When Do You Need a General Contractor and What to Consider Before Hiring One? And needless to say, it made the end of my week a whole lot sweeter. And in fact, today's topic is sort of a jumping off point from there, which was not intended. And just so you know, I plot out about four weeks in advance of topics to cover for this podcast, but I always leave a little leeway in those topics in case something comes up that I find to be really of the moment and important to cover. And that's what happened this week. So actually before the article came out, I had already switched topics for this podcast So on my website, I offer an amazing construction renovation workbook where it really goes deep into all of the issues and all of the topics on how to start a renovation project successfully. And there are checklists and there's topics to cover and there's how to find contractors and what to do with them when you find them and all sorts of really important information. So if you are listening and you don't have this workbook, I highly recommend you investing in it in order to get your project up and running and setting yourself up for success. But for those who have purchased it, what I am finding so interesting is I am used to one-on-one contact, whether it's with a client or a contractor. And so I get feedback immediately, right? We discuss something, the client either says yay or nay. Same with a contractor. I discuss something, he says, this will work or that won't work, or I would recommend X. But in the world of online, you create content, people purchase it, it goes out into the world. And then nothing. You hear nothing. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But I wanted to find out. 
So there are so many of you who have this construction renovation workbook that we created a Google Doc feedback form and sent it out to everyone. So now if you have gotten it and you haven't responded, I really recommend you doing that as soon as possible because the feedback we've been getting is amazing. And by amazing, I don't mean all positive because that's not what I'm looking for. I don't need congratulations on a wonderful product. I need how it worked for you and how it didn't work for you. And we've already acted on items that were mentioned to us where they thought we could improve the product. And we were thrilled to do that because we'll never think of everything. That's just impossible because every renovation project is unique, not only to you, but to me, to my clients. I have never worked on two identical projects and never will. So I really recommend if you got the email from me, please fill it out and send it back. I'm so fascinated to see the nuances and the changes and the ideas that have been coming in from it. And of course, I'm loving all of the, I love this, Renee, it's really helped. But that's really not what we sent the feedback form out for. We sent it out to hear what else we could add to help and guide you through this complicated process. And so the topic today is one element on a feedback form that we received. And that was a woman wrote in asking for me to mention completion date clauses. And I will be honest, they are intentionally not included in that renovation workbook because I don't believe they work. I have been a part of several projects many years ago where those clauses have been put in place. And I've actually seen two different types. I have seen progress completion clauses, and I have seen end date completion clauses. And so a progress completion clause was set up on this one job. It was set up based on the actual stages. So one was for the demo stage. One was for the framing stage. One was for the rough-in stage for electric and plumbing and so on. And then the other clause I've seen is an end date clause. And those I've seen done in a couple of ways. And one was you had an end date, and if you met it, you got a bonus. And so let's talk about these three, because I have had personal experiences with these three. And and I will say, I haven't been a part of one in years, and I mean more than five. So I believe contractors are realizing that they don't work, that they're not a positive experience on a project. And so maybe that's why I'm not a part of them anymore, because the contractors aren't agreeing to them. And then if a client asks me, I always tell them they're basically a waste of time because they just simply don't work. And so let's discuss why that is. So the project that I was on that had the progress completion date clauses It was actually many, many years ago. And this homeowner, he took a look at the schedule that the contractor came up with. And if you've been listening, you know that these contractors will come up with a schedule based on their experience and the scope of work and the existing conditions. So for instance, demo, the contractor, let's say he estimated 10 days for demo, the homeowner said, okay, then you need to have it completed in 10 days. And then let's say for framing, he said it was going to be two weeks. And again, there was a deadline on that. Now in this scenario, he actually had a clause where he would deduct money from the contract if that deadline wasn't met. And how do you think that all worked out? Yeah, I know you're thinking what I'm thinking. 
not every deadline was met and to no fault of the contractor. So for instance, this demo was scheduled for 10 days. Well, they ran into some existing condition surprises that they had no idea were there during the process. So I believe if I remember, this was many years ago, it went two days over and that homeowner stuck to his guns and said, well, you missed that deadline. I am deducting from the contract. Now, let's all think about this. If you are on a project that's going to last months, and it doesn't matter what the project is, this could be a project in your own office, and it doesn't matter whether it's a construction project or something in your own office. If you know you're going to be working with this team for months on end, and at day 12, you just had some money taken out of your pocket to no fault of your own, how do you think you're going to feel about the rest of the project? right? So you can imagine there was anxiety, there was stress, there was anger on the part of the team, knowing that, oh my God, we now have to absolutely make that next deadline for the framing, no matter what. Now, do you think that brings out the best in people? Or do you think that more mistakes will happen because of the underlying stress and anxiety? right? Who wants that in their job? So this homeowner set up an unrealistic expectation, not only for himself, but for the contractor. And don't get me wrong. I lay blame at the contractor's feet as well, because he should never have agreed to this because he knows that that schedule is an estimate and he presented it as an estimate, not a hard and true deadline. And so whether he needed the job, I don't know. Maybe that's why he took the work on. I wasn't a part of those negotiations, or quite frankly, I would never have allowed the homeowner to do it because it made the homeowner upset and angry and disappointed as well. And then he was on alert, sort of watching the guys so carefully. And again, who wants to work under those conditions? So that is, to me, a disaster in the making for both parties. And since I'm always advocating for a smooth project, that couldn't be any further from running a smooth project, right? So then the next type was an end completion date. And I have seen those much more frequently. And more often than not, there is usually a bonus attached to it. And the homeowner thinks, well, if I put the carrot out there, they'll work harder. Okay, I have a lot of issues with that because, again, if you go and follow the steps that I lay out and truly find the right contractor, the right team for you and your project at the right time, they will always work hard for your project. So starting out thinking that they won't work hard enough for you unless you offer this carrot at the end tells me something is terribly wrong. You obviously don't have the trust in your team that you need in order to get through a very stressful project. And since you sign contracts before the work starts, it is starting on absolutely the worst foot possible. So here's what happened on this one project. He had set, I can't remember the date, but let's say September 30th. This homeowner would periodically walk through the site saying, hey guys, remember September 30th, it's coming. And occasionally he would say it's two months and four days away or nonsense like that. Now I wasn't present when he would start doing that. The guys would tell me. And now think about it. If you have a construction company, the man that you negotiated the contract with is not the guy you're likely to see doing the work on a day-to-day basis, right? We've discussed that. Unless it's a smaller team, 
it isn't that guy. He has a supervisor and his subs underneath him. The guys that this homeowner was giving these deadline, you know, countdown clocks to weren't the guys that were going to get that prize at the end, right? So they're probably thinking to themselves, dude, it's not on me. I'm not getting any portion of that bonus that I know you've attached to this contract. Because again, most guys know what's in these contracts. They may not know the day you sign the contract, but over the length of the project, things like this, they get spoken about, right? And that's for better or for worse. So this homeowner is giving a countdown to guys who, quite frankly, won't gain anything by meeting this estimated deadline. And again, it's an estimate. And so I did finally say something to the homeowner. I said, you know, you might be adding a little stress by constantly reminding them of the date. I have a feeling they know that date because one, you've mentioned it a few times, but also I have a feeling their boss has mentioned it too. He got my drift and he stopped saying it because it just added stress and anxiety to a project. And again, if you've hired the right team, they are working as hard as they can for you at that time, regardless of if there's a bonus in the end. And keep in mind, there are so many variables that go into any project that are out of the contractor's control. And this I mean by supply chain. So Yes, a contractor orders windows. Yes, he is told four weeks, but that is also an estimate. So if those windows come in at five weeks for a variety of different reasons, the contractor can't control that because he's not manufacturing the windows. But now all of a sudden he's dealing with a lost week, right? So these issues, they just come up. It happens on construction sites. And now, given the pandemic and the massive, unprecedented supply chain issues, they are happening every day. And so, of course, these projects that I'm talking about were pre-pandemic, and they still were happening in smaller ways, but they were still happening. And so by adding this clause to a contract, you are putting stress and anxiety on the team that you are going to be relying on to produce at their highest level. So it actually ends up working against you. And that is why it was not included in the construction renovation workbook. And so I'm hoping that you all understand now that the best way to meet deadlines is to manage your project strategically and consistently. And that is what we always talk about. And everybody who's been listening knows what I'm going to go into, right? You're going to set up weekly meetings, even if it's a small job. If it's a job that's only going to run two weeks, then maybe you do every other day to stay on track, to stay on top of the schedule that was proposed and estimated. Where are we in the schedule? What issues have come up? How does that impact the future schedule? If you stay on top of these items, Not only will you know where the problems are, you will know where they're coming from. And if it is the contractor, and if he isn't working to the level you want him to be, then you can address it in the moment and hopefully course correct for the future weeks to come. But putting some sort of final date on months before the project has even started is really like looking into a magic eight ball and hoping for the right answer. And it just doesn't start the project off on a good footing. I would much rather see you systematically manage your project so that you know where you stand at any 
given moment so that anything can be addressed and course corrected. And therefore that end date, you know, pretty much within a couple of weeks where it just got bumped to given the fact that X, Y, and Z just occurred. So that is how I want you to approach all of your projects and not by adding these clauses onto that will likely set the team up for failure and you up for disappointment and sometimes anger because nobody wants to go through the process, invest all this money to end up disappointed and angry. So again, I highly recommend that you check out the construction renovation workbook on my website. It is an incredible investment to go through these steps and dives even further into detail than what we've just discussed in this episode, but it really sets you up for a smooth and successful project, which is what we all want, both contractor and homeowner. You actually have the same goals. We just have to come at them from a realistic point of view. And by being systematic and being on top of the management of the project will absolutely set you up for a smoother project. I just cannot say that enough. And there are so many projects that are being thought of or being planned right now that this is the perfect time to get those ducks in a row so that you have a full understanding of what your role, remember you are a team member on this project. You are not simply the client. You are a team member unless you've hired someone like me to take that role on for you. So these are really important steps and not to be missed because yes, you can play catch up, But if you're listening to me now and your project hasn't started, there's no excuse not to have these tools in your hand so that you can set up and manage your project and team just like a pro. So head over to my website, check out that construction workbook. And again, if you got the email with me asking for feedback, please send it in. I would love to hear more thoughts. One, it may become a topic that everybody needs to hear about on a future episode like this topic was, or we will act on it and improve the renovation workbook so that everybody can benefit from ideas and collaborations from all of those who have taken the step to controlling their project and managing it and setting themselves up for a successful project. And as always, if this brings up more questions than answers, please reach out to me. I would love to connect with you and go through whatever issues you're working on that are specific to your project. But I can't thank you enough for your time today, and I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me. You can email me or direct message me through social media, and we can start a conversation about what it is you're going through right now. That will also help me come up with other ideas for future podcasts that I can share with everyone, as I assure you, we're all in the same boat together. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. If you would like to find out more about me and what I can do, please go to my website, www.devignedesign.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.